I don't know. I'm just going to make it up as I go along. Why, why they do that? Some are horrible people, horrible human beings. Who cares? No, 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 Should government punish employers or force them to pay for family leave? Good question. We'll talk about it. Biden says gay marriages last longer than traditional ones. And then he kissed Obama. <laughs> I, kid, I kid you not. He said it last night. We'll get it. We'll cover it. Should be fun. LGBTQ plus had their own town hall on CNN last night. I want one. How do I get my own town hall? That is next. Virginia citizens and American patriots radio. As the founding fathers intended, the Lee brothers, my name's Scott Lee. The silence you hear is uh, Richard Lee, who is not here in studio with me. I am uh, by myself. It is not, I guess it's always the two-headed talk show, but today it's the one-headed talk show which doesn't really sound that appealing anyway richard is um he's in the hospital i'm going to tell you details about that next and it is encouraging it very much is all right coming up at five the um the one audio segment that has finally give us a full glimpse into the difference between democrats and republicans and it happened in the kurt cox debate last night and you won't believe this and uh we're going to cover it in depth at five and a 12-year-old uh, girl gets arrested for using her finger as a gun. So our culture is completely upside down. There you have it. Um, Richard, Richard Lee, is, um, is a phenomenal human being. Let's just go with that right out of there. And everyone knows this. If you know anything about Richard and you listen to Lee Brothers Training Length of Time, you know Richard has been struggling with his health. He was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and he's been stri- uh, struggling and fighting that for uh, for a long time. And Wednesday, he had what we hope is his final surgery. And he was uh, declared yesterday as cancer free, thanks to that surgery. So yes, I hear the celebration. I'm, I'm uh, uh, excited about it. Richard obviously is too. He, he hoped he could be here. Um, but they want to keep him for another day. And I said, hey, look, let's get this thing done. You never have to go back. So your prayers are greatly appreciated. And they are continuing to be coveted for the Lee household. And, and Richard should be back here next week, uh, as he uh, always is. So thank you for your concern with Richard. Patriots at theleebrothers.com is how you, you can reach out to him. Patriots at theleebrothers.com. You know, one thing about, I was thinking about this driving in. Richard loves the weather. I mean, he loves this kind of weather. It's absolutely gorgeous weather. And he'd be the first one to tell you that his convertible comes down. He's got the you know the tops off, and he's cruising around. He loves it. I'm pulling in the studio this afternoon, and I get out of my car, and I love this weather too because you can always hear music from different cars, and it's not always good music. You know, you're like turn that crap off. But something caught my attention about the music in this car. Here, here's the music I heard pulling into the studio. Um, I, I jumped out of the studio. It's completely quiet except I could hear this guy's car right on the street perfectly loud it was this song you say
Now, if you don't anything about that song, that is a, it's a Christian song called Symphony. And it's essentially a song about how God works everything out for good. And he's actually a symphony going on. You don't even know it. That happened today. Getting out of the car right here outside the studio. And as I was walking, I was smiling, thinking Richard doesn't even know that. He doesn't even know. He loves the weather, the fact you can hear songs. But you hear this song is the opening song that you hear when you step out of the car at the studio. That's pretty slick. You got to, you got to, you just got to, how do you not enjoy that? So, Richard, that's uh, just a little thought of you. But then I begin to think, what kind of bigot plays Christian music? I mean, did you not see the debate last night? The LGBT? You can't do that. I'm sure somebody was driving by going, turn that trash down. I'd rather listen to rap crap. But a man driving on Route 10 outside the capital of the Commonwealth in Chester playing Christian symphony music obviously didn't see the town hall last night. The LGBTQ had a town hall all to themselves. This must be a big issue for the left. I didn't realize how big of an issue this is. This whole time, I've been, I didn't, I, are they having a hard time living in America? Is there something I'm missing that makes them any different than anyone else that's living in America? Are they attacked, threatened, made fun of, mocked, impugned? I would say and suggest that the very opposite is true, that they are far from that. They are radically embraced. But what is the issue? What is an LGBTQ? Maybe Trump can help us here, Mark. What is an LGBTQ issue? What is one? What what required the entire Democratic presidential candidates to have a town hall dedicated only to them? LGBTQ (laughs) community. I'm I'm just do, do we get one? Do the heterosexuals get a town hall? And what would be our heterosexual issue? How far are we going to take this? Are there other uh, groups out there that we don't know about? Is there, uh, I mean, uh, maybe the Democrats are missing a constituency that we don't know. Was it better that we didn't know what people did in their rooms? I'm sorry. I don't want to know. Now, this is, America doesn't want to know. And America is extremely, extremely accepting. Show me the America that's lined up to hate these people and beat them up and hurt them. Show me that America. It doesn't exist. At the same time, there are Americans who disagree with the LGBTQ lifestyle. There are. There are many people who disagree. But they don't want to know what you do. When you're, was it better when we didn't know? But now we need a town hall about it? I'll tell you what. Coming up in the show, I'm going to tell you not only do we need a town hall about it, but we're teaching th- three to five-year-olds about it in a new curriculum in our schools. Starting in Illinois. So what do we do if there's someone who disagrees with the lifestyle? You're forced to accept it. You imagine if Christians acted that way. I thought proselytizing was the worst thing to do in America. To say that Jesus is the only way or to say that Christianity or to to talk about religion at all. But there's other religions. The left has a religion and they're pushing that at religion. That's proselytizing the LGBT community, isn't it? Am I wrong? 454-1366. Am I wrong on that? You know, the the analogy that comes to mind on this is one of cigarette smoking. And forget, the the crudeness of the analogy is, is possible. But if you don't like cigarette smoking, you're not around it. 
If you don't like cigarette smoking, you don't want a law that says other people can't smoke. So you're okay with people smoking, but you just don't want to be around it. But if the person smoking knew that you didn't like smoking and walked up to you and took a puff of a cigarette and blew it in your face, you're going to have a problem with that. You're going to have a problem with that. You're not going to have a problem with the person behind their own door smoking. But if you're going to blow it in your face, you're going to have a problem with it. There are plenty of Americans who have not a single issue with the LGBTQ people unless you blow it in their face. Is that what happened last night at CNN? Is it, see, this wasn't just a CNN town hall about being pleasant and nice to people who are different than you. Oh, no, this was a whole lot more than just that. In fact, um, let's just go through what it really was about. Here's some things that happened in that debate last night. Senator Cory Booker said he will do absolutely everything to work to lift the ban on gay men donating blood. Now, that may sound compassionate, but do you know why there's a ban on gay men donating blood? Do you know why America put that in place? Because of HIV. Anyway, the town hall applauded Jacob, a nine-year-old transgender American. Biden discussed that he would set up a special office in the federal government to promote LGBTQ rights around the world. This wasn't just a normal town hall about acceptance. This was much more. Here's a list of some of the questions that happened last night or a clip of some of the most unbelievable questions in the town hall. We know that the civil rights legislation did not end racism. And we know that the Equality Act will not end homophobia, transphobia, or bias. As a leader, what will you do to change hearts and minds across the country to have true equity, safety, and inclusion? And Senator, a follow-up on this. Do you think that religious education institutions should lose their tax-exempt status if they oppose LGBTQ rights? Wow. So would they lose their tax-exempt status? And this administration is fueling hatred amongst LGBTQ people, people of color, immigrants, and so many more. My name is Jacob, and I'm a nine-year-old transgender American. Uh My question is... That's just the beginning. All right, your topics and your phone calls next. Wait till you hear this black transgender. It took over the microphone last night at the CNN town hall. Unbelievable. That's next on your phone calls, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 92.7 FM and 820 WNTW. Sibling rivalry, brotherly love. The Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW. What's it take to get your own little town hall like that? It must be a big crisis in America that I miss somehow. I miss somehow. Richard Lee is in the hospital covering your prayers. He'll be back uh, next week. All is good. He's cancer-free and recovering from surgery on Wednesday. So that's the good news from the Lee household. 454-1366-454-1366. All right, so the town hall last night for the LGBT community Um You know, it took a while. All the presidential candidates got to speak about an LGBTQ issue. And by the way, I'm still waiting to hear what one is. 454-1366. So um, they're pretty adamant about all kinds of things. And here's a continuation of some of the questions that were asked at this town hall. American. Uh My question is... All right. 
What will you do in your first week as president to make sure that kids like me feel safer in schools? And what do you think schools need to do better to make sure that I don't have to worry about anything but my homework? As president of the United States, is that the rule? Is a president of the United States really going to go around to every school and make sure that this nine-year-old transgender, which, can I just say it's sad? That's just, that's sad. But anyway, is the president of the United States, that's the role of the president? Somehow I missed that in the founding documents. I'm pretty sure it's not in Article 1, Section 8, that the president goes around to every school in America and deals with that. It's not an enumerated power. The president does have the power to address local school issues. It's crazy, but that's where the Democrats live and breathe. Continue, please. And my pronouns are she, her, and hers. She, her, and her. Mine, too. All right. Do you think religious institutions uh, like colleges, churches, charities, should they lose their tax-exempt status if they oppose same-sex marriage? Yes. You will either conform or be forced to by the government. Don't worry about it. I want to bring in Shay Diamond, a singer-songwriter from Los Angeles. She currently supports Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Shay, what's your question? Um, it's Shea Diamond. Shea Diamond. Put that on the record. Okay. <laughs> it's on the record. Thank you. Yes, honey. It's violence to, to misgender or to alter a name of a trans person. <laughs> violence. So let's always get that right first. Um, How would you ensure that LGBT people are represented in the military command positions, specifically, would you consider having an LGBT person as the undersecretary reporting to the Secretary of Defense? Why did that And matter? how would you choose that person? You'd have to choose them based on their LGBT status. That's how you choose them. You don't choose them based on anything else but that. Are you kidding me? Unconscionable. Um, that's just the uh, taste of this hometown uh, LGBTQ town hall. I mean, this is this is not your little nice town hall. I know there were kids there, but they were transgender kids. And you want evidence of how whacked it really got? Listen to this. This is a, a black trans woman, apparently, who ran down in the middle of the CNN town hall, grabs a microphone out of someone who was asking a questions, and then goes into this rant. But let me tell you something. Black trans women are being killed in this country. And CNN, you have erased black trans women for the last time. Let me tell you something. Hmm. It's interesting. I didn't know the epidemic of CNN killing trans black women and just black women that are trans. I mean, not all trans. Why would someone kill just black trans women? Are they there? There must be a racist out there against trans women. This is complete garbage. And here's the thing. Beto O'Rourke is standing on stage watching this, applauding this entire thing. You, sh- you should look this up. This is the most unbelievable video of, of um, Don Lemon, who is the moderator, who's applauding her. I mean, you'll hear this. Listen, w- continue, please. I've erased black trans women for the last time. Let me tell you something. Black Trans women are dying. Our lives matter. I'm an extraordinary black trans woman. So do you think this is middle America? You think you'd be able to watch and see and going, man, I'm so glad there's Democrats that make sure these people have a voice. <laughs> you think most people are like, what is going on? What happened to our culture and our society? This, this transgender woman has lost her mind. Is a transgender woman transgending from woman to man or man to woman? Okay. 
All right. So she's a man going to a woman. That's a trans. Okay. Got it. I need to still learn these things. I'm a little lost on that. Matter. I'm a extraordinary black trans Yes, you woman, are. And I deserve to be here. Of course you are. You're a tremendous slouch. And you're a tremendous black trans woman. And thank you for letting everybody know and being as rude as you possibly can be. Trans woman. And I deserve to be here. My black trans sisters that are here. I am tired. I am so tired. I'm just saying that. Who's a, do you ever get the who's applauding this? Who are the people in the audience going, oh, we've lost our mind. This trans woman has shown up, ripped the microphone out of somebody in a, well, what would be perceived as a quite normal town hall until this point, And you're applauded for it? This is like pure anarchy. This is like a complete freak show taking over. And people are applauding it. Trans brothers, too. And I'm going to say what I'm going to say. I'm going to say what no, I'm going to say. No, no, no. Come here. No, no. I just want to ask you something. Come here. Tell me. Come here. I want you to talk. What's your name? That's Don Lemon. Blossom C. Brown. Blossom, let me ask you. Google me. Blossom. Please Google me. Blossom, thank you. Let me- so instead of stomping this in the ground and saying, get a hold of yourself, this is a normalized meeting, they're perpetuating this. They're actually saying to this woman, no, no, no. Come here. Let me talk to you. Tell you something. Let me, let me, no, don't come on the stage. Don't okay, come on the stage. Okay. And can, may I have the mic? Okay. May I have the mic? Blossom, let me okay. tell you something. The reason that we're here is to validate people like you. That is why we're giving, but that is why we're here. Okay. But I. You feel better about that? Someone like that's being validated? I'm glad Don Lemon's there to validate him. Do you imagine Don Lemon validating anything else? Would Don Lemon validate the goodness of a man and a woman in a marriage raising children? Would Don Lemon validate someone who has a Christian worldview? Would Don Lemon validate anything that is conservative? No, but Don Lemon validates a man who wants to be a woman who's lost her mind, rips a microphone out of someone's hand, runs down the towards the stage screaming like a maniac, and the left goes, what do they say again? We're here to what? That is why we're giving, but that is why we're here. Oh, thank okay. you. But thank you. I, it continues, and they lose complete control. More next, and your phone calls. 454-1366, 454-1366, Lee Brothers, 820, WNTW, 92.7 FM. No opinion, no slant, just the facts. Yeah, right. The Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW. Oh, yeah. I want my own town hall. I want CNN to call the Lee Brothers. I'm going to give you a town hall meeting. I want all Democratic candidates for president there. Isn't it unbelievable how the president of the United States is involved and what happens in the bedroom. The president of the United States. I'm telling you, Madison and Jefferson be going, excuse me? Whatever happens behind the closed door in your house ain't coming out here. And I'm not going to be talking about it. And I'm certainly not going to do a town hall that focuses on it and brings out nine-year-olds as transgenders. Lost our mind here. That's the Democratic Party today. Somehow... They are so specific. They need an entire town hall for just one issue. And who are they arguing with? Seriously, show me where the LGBT community in the United States of America is an impugned, laughed at, made fun of, hurt, discriminated against in any form or fashion. It is the exact opposite. This is a whole thing's a lie. Entire thing's a lie. Here's more of this uh, black transgender woman going crazy at the town hall and Don Lemon trying to figure it out. Not one black trans man. 
Yeah, yeah. Hang on, we can't hear you. Blossom, we can't hear you. Here, Blossom, we can't hear you. Baby, your actions have to speak He gives the microphone back to her. This woman has lost control, and Don Lemon's trying to appease her. Instead of going, you're a nut, get her out of here. He tries to appe- He actually gives the microphone back to her. Because guess what? Not one black trans woman has taken the mic tonight. You're- Not one black trans man has taken the, bla- uh, the mic tonight. Yeah. Show me. This person is a racist loon. So it's only, she's only worried about trans people who are black. What a constituency. A black man who wants to be a woman who's a transgender, that, that hits all the blocks for the American left. <laughs> it's great. They, no wonder Don Lemon is tripping over himself. This one person has conformed him or herself to the very image of the Democratic Party. In fact, it's the entire reason we had a town hall. Blossom, Blossom. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Blossom, you're a black trans woman. You have the mic in your hand. I've given, I've taken and given it back to you. We want to hear from you. We have had trans people of color. We've had all people here. And you're welcome. But we, but we are proud and happy that you're here. Yes, we are. We're proud and happy for you to make a mockery of this entire thing. And it allows me, quite honestly, to show America what a mockery this entire thing is. Insane. All right, coming up. Joe Biden kissed Obama. No, I'm sorry. Obama kissed Joe Biden and it had to do with gay marriage. I kid you not. You should have heard him this week talking about it at the LGBTQ town hall on CNN. We'll share it with you next. All right. Coming up at five, by the way, the most amazing audio segment you'll ever hear that shows the difference between Democrats and Republicans in Virginia. 454-1366. 454-1366. We are the Lee Brothers, 93.7 FM and 820 WNTW. Hold on one second. I can't hear myself. Richmond's Conservative Compass, the Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. This city. We built this city on rock and roll. Just after 4:35, outside the Capitol, the Commonwealth of Virginia, the Lee Brothers. My name is Scott Lee. My co-host, my friend, and my brother, who usually sits to my far left. Is Richard Lee. Richard is uh, not here, so uh, we are going to um, miss him greatly because he, <laughs> I was just thinking, this is such a perfect topic for him to, to, uh, to, to participate in, and I know he's listening. Miss you, brother. Richard is in the hospital. He's recovering from a surgery on Wednesday to remove more cancer, and it was reported uh, yesterday by him to me and those here at the station that he is cancer-free. So we can celebrate that. You're, and thank you so much for your prayers. He will be back on uh, uh, next week for the show. And he misses it greatly, I promise you that. Um, but uh, truly great American. And um, when I say he's my brother, that's it's easy to love your brother, I guess. But friend, uh, he certainly is also. So um, Richard will be back next week. Is there a better person to talk about the LGBT town hall than Joe Biden? I mean, and, come on. Uh, and Neil Smith, an old butt buddy, are you hearing? <laughs> so I, I don't know what that means there, Joe. But anyway, uh, he said that a long time ago. Here's what else he said last night in the debate. I mean, he is he's such a he's perfect 
for, I hope he actually is the nominee because this thing would never, never end. But um, here is uh, Joe Biden last night talking about when he, when he finally embraced gay marriage, he walked into uh, see Obama and here's what happened. He got up and he walked over to me, he said, well, you told me and he gave me a kiss. <laughs> you know, he leaned over to I swear to God. So, uh, uh, so anyway, it was, but it's just, look, folks, it's, it's just kind of basic stuff. It's basic stuff. He just got up and gave me a kiss. I swear to God he did. That's what Joe Biden, I'm Joe Biden is serious. This isn't a joke. This is, I mean, come on. He got up and kissed me and that's. And, uh, and Neil Smith, an old butt buddy. Are you here, Neil? <laughs> just, is that, Mark, oh, I want to take all these clips. I want to combine them in the one that we can have so much fun with. But it, can you imagine? Imagine what Obama's saying. He got up and he walked over to me and said, well, you told me. And he gave me a kiss. <laughs> you know, he leaned over to me. I swear to God. <laughs> he wanted them to emphasize it. No, I swear. He gave me a kiss. Unbelievable, Joe Biden. Then he talked about this, uh, which I thought was funny, too. Remember, Anderson, back 15, 20 years ago, we talked about this in, in, in San Francisco. It was all about, well, you know, gay, gay, gay bathhouses. You know? <laughs> Do you think he knows he's speaking to a group? <laughs> Do you think, he, you think he stops and goes, hmm, wait a second, maybe I shouldn't say that. How did he, how did he end this, by the way? You know, gay, gay, gay bathhouses. And every, it's all about round-the-clock sex. It's all, come on, man. You believe this is a presidential debate? Does anyone else look at this and go, what in the name of Sam Hill has happened to our country? This is actually, we're talking about gay bathhouses and all the time sex. I mean, this is supposed to be the president of the United States. Is anything, is anything no longer off limits? Wouldn't it be great if we just, as some presidential candidate said, you know what? I refuse to have this conversation. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. You want to go behind closed doors and do what you want, that's it. But I'm the president of the United States. I will do nothing about this. Zero. But he continued. Listen. Gay bathhouses and every—it's all about round-the-clock sex. It's all. Come on, man. He's thinking right now. Gay couples are more likely to stay together longer than heterosexual couples. What? And where did that come from? What did he run out of something to say? He actually says that and thinks that it's a fact and true. Gay couples are more likely to stay together longer than heterosexual couples. Where does that even come from? I would challenge that stat. Maybe because, I don't know, there's less of them. There's certainly less marriages that are gay than there are traditional. So I guess just by that number alone, you would have less. But is, but is that an applause line? Joe, are you suggesting that people had abandoned traditional marriages and everybody getting a gay marriage because they stay together longer? Does anyone else go, this is insane. This is supposed to be the president of the United States talking about the importance of gay marriages in our How far have we come? You know why government has endorsed marriage? You know why it did from the very beginning of humanity and time? is because marriage is very good for civilization. The idea that two people, a man and a woman, would combine and come together and marry to raise kids to be moral, productive, and God-fearing was a very good thing for who? For everyone. For civilization, for government. And that's why government got in the business. Government said, hey, this is a great thing we should endorse. We ought to endorse this. Now Joe Biden is actually going a step further and saying, oh, that's crazy talk. The idea that a man and a woman would raise, they get divorced. No, 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 no. They Gay marriage is better, you see. That's really what and, uh And Neil Smith, an old butt buddy. Are you here, Neil? Neil, I miss you, man. <laughs> I miss you. Unbelievable. You know, there may be 
there, there, we may be overlooking some, some things here that are pretty important. One of which, do you know there are thousands of people who went through transgender surgery who now want reversals? They want to go back. And it's interesting that a lot of people that had the trans surgery were young. And as they grew out of the state, they realized that, wait a minute, even after the surgery, nothing is better. I'm still confused. Sky News revealed this week that those who consider themselves transgender and went through life-altering surgeries now are seeking reversals by the hundreds. The report came in from a video that featured an anonymous girl identified as Ruby who made decision to identify as a man back when she was 13. Now, where does that come from? Where does a 13-year-old begin to think in her mind that not only is she a man, but she can actually get a change? What culture would tell this girl that that's okay? Now she's 21. And she decided the alterations she has made to her body through chemicals have made her have not made her any better. She's now detransitioning, trying to embrace her real female body and wants to work on mental issues. Hmm. Have you heard that? No, you haven't, have you? Sky News go on to say that, in fact, a former transgender person, Charlie Evans, came across a community of 5,000 people who wish to detransition back to their normal selves. Could this whole thing be a lie? Who, who is perpetuating this? It wasn't so long ago that we said, well, this isn't good that a person thinks they are something that they are not. And it used to be in our culture, we had the ability to look at them and go, you're not an alien from outer space. I'm sorry, even though you want to be one. You're not 6'5". You're not 6'8 to play in the NBA team. I'm sorry, you're 5'7". It's not going to work for you. I know what you think is important, but the reality matters more. Truth matters more. You're not going to hear this kind of research. Having gender dysphoria already carries massive problems. And for our culture to say, no, continue on with this dysphoria is dangerous. The Democratic Party dedicated an entire town hall to not just gay and lesbians, but the transgenders, including the nine-year-old. And now they're going to teach it in school. Starting July 1st in 2020, all Illinois public schools are legally required to teach children about LGBT history and the topic in their textbooks. Ages three to five will now be told about what goes on behind closed doors. If that was my kid, it wouldn't be in that school anymore. Not because I'm an evil, hateful, bigoted person, but because I believe in children's innocence for the love of God. Teachers were given a lesson plan on slides that included movies and teaching script to show and say to children each day of the week. And children were shown books called Heather Has Two Mommies and other uh, material for three to five-year-olds. Hmm. Encouraged by that? Yeah, me either. Kind of scary, isn't it? And, uh, and Neil Smith, an old butt buddy. Are you here, Neil? All right, your phone calls next, 454-1366. By the way, coming up, you won't believe what Kamala Harris is thinking should be forced on employers. And 
Warren, Elizabeth Warren, thinks ought to be forced on employers. And your phone calls, 454-1366. We are the Lee Brothers, 92.7 FN and AM 820 WNTW. Simple facts, persuasive arguments, and common sense, like Thomas Paine. The Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW. So it was Thomas Paine who said, government at its very best is a necessary evil. That it's worse than a tolerable one. Yet this Democratic Party is so engaged and making sure that the, the government is bigger than it's ever been, that they can get involved in the lives of people, even behind closed doors. But as much as they, uh, they would like us to continue to talk about the LGBTQ community in their little town hall last night, they also have this plan that government should punish employers, or at least force them, to do all kinds of things. Elizabeth Warren came out this week and said she was fired because she's she was pregnant as a teacher. So now there's this new term. I don't know if you've heard this new term. It's called uh, pregnancy discrimination. Hmm. I, I guess there's a, we need a government agency with a badge to, to go around and go, I'm with uh, the pregnancy discrimination task force. I'm here to make sure that you're not firing people because they're pregnant. And then you have Kamala Harris this week who came out this, that's going to demand that the employer pays for six months of family leave. Now, I know the feel-goodism of that, and nobody should discriminate against a pregnant woman, Scott. But there is this thing called a job. The employer hires someone to do the job. If you're not there doing the job, what's the employer supposed to do? I mean... I know in the socialist fake utopia that the left paints, that isn't reality that the employer should just pay him anyway. We're not there. Are, are you kidding me? Here's Kamala Harris. Here's, here's her little rant about this is what she thinks the campaign's about. Listen to this. In 2020, justice is on the ballot. Oh, it, justice is on the ballot. Oh, I can't wait to hear the next part of this. Justice is on the ballot. So when you go to the polls, I want you to remember, justice is on the ballot. You can vote for someone who is anti-justice or for justice. What, what does that mean, Kamala Harris? And it is everything from having a cook in the White House oh. to justice being on the ballot when the average American family is a $400 unexpected expense away from complete upheaval. Justice is on the ballot when working families in America know that their natural desire to parent their children may be a function of how much money they make every month. And that should never be the case. You know, it used to be in America that there was no this government to do all these things. You knew you worked hard. Sometimes things happen. You have churches, families, communities to help people who, who tripped and fell. But mostly everyone had a work ethic that said, hey, this is what we do, man. We work. We work hard to put, put food on our family, as, as W said. And you're working hard to put food on your family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that used to be a work ethic that, that people appreciated. Now we got Kamala Harris that pats you on the head like a little surf and peasant that you are. And when she's queen, you don't have to worry about a thing. <laughs> exactly. All right, continue, Kamala. So my plan, my children's plan. Here we go. The children's plan. Who can argue with that? It's a Mark, it's a children's plan. That's it, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in, man. It's a children's plan. Who can argue with? You evil conservative, you heartless ogre. It's a children's plan. Didn't you hear that? I'm sorry. 
Kamala, please continue. So my plan, my children's plan is about saying, look, this is not this that gutsy children's plan. I just love the left. I'm going to make this up. We're going to call it a children's plan. And you can't disagree with it. You can try, but it's a children's plan. I got you. It, in the old days, you could call it a trump card. But today, you just have to say it's a, it's a great way to frame a campaign. All right, I'm sorry. I'll let it finish this time. So my plan, my children's plan, is about saying, look, this is a matter of justice. Of it's it a is. matter of recognizing that on the issue of raising the children of America, it should not be that the people who make a lot of money get the support and those who are working hard every day are I having to, to go back to, to work after two weeks after childbirth. I, That's I think crazy. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of agreement about that. I, I personally think it's insane to go back to work after two weeks when you've just had a child. Evil employers. I'm so glad there's a government big enough to fix this, aren't you? A government that can come in and to any employer and say, what, what do you think you're doing? I mean, I, you may have had a good intention of hiring someone, but just because they're not here doesn't mean you shouldn't pay them. What kind of insanity is that? <laughs> I mean, seriously, there are people who are going, yeah, there's people who are voting for Kamala Harris thinking, nodding their head yes to this insanity. It's unconscionable. All right, so... On our webpage, WNTWTheAnswer.com, click on the Lee Brothers, takes you directly to our page. There's a video there that talks about crazy regulations on a guy who wants to bake cookies. Here's a clip of it to even put this more in context. A government big enough to do all these things will drive employment away. Not more employment, you'll get less of it. Listen to this. I own a small business with seven employees. We make cookies, but not just any cookies. For example... As a bakery, I'm under the jurisdiction of the Food and Drug Administration, FDA, the Department of Agriculture, and the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. I also have to deal with the state health agency. Listen to this. They all have different rules. If these rules contradict one another, it's not their problem, it's mine. A few years ago, the FDA inspector showed up for one of his random inspections. With a badge. He noticed the door to the area in which we bake our cookies swung out as you walked in. He told me that was a code violation. The doors have to swing in. I had 30 days to fix it or I'd be fined thousands of dollars. Cool. A few months later, the inspector from the ag department shows up for one of his random inspections. Okay. He notices that the door swings in. Yes, I tell him, it does. It's an FDA regulation. No, he tells me, it has to swing out. Fix it within 30 days, he says, or you'll be fined. I started keeping two sets of doors, one that swings in for the FDA and one that swings out for the ag department. If you find that insane, like anybody that can fog a mirror, then you should vote Republican. If you find that completely fine, and that's the way it's supposed to be, Lee Brothers, there's a party for you. Your phone calls next, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 92.7 FM and 820 WNTW. The government is us, and we're, we're doing things right. Tired of talk shows where hosts think they know everything? Call the Lee Brothers. The Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW. There's no limit. Remember, the government isn't limited or constraint. It's whatever the Democratic Party wants. Meanwhile, the founders wrote the, the Constitution to do one thing. Limit the federal government. That's what it's there for. Read it. 
It limits the government, expands freedom to the states and to the people. And yet the Democratic Party sees none of that. Is There's there ju- plenty of money in this world. <laughs> we There's go. plenty of money in this country. <laughs> it's just in the wrong hands. Oh, they can fix that. Feel very comfortable and confident in somebody who thinks the money's in the wrong hands. That's a, that's a despot. That's tyrannical. That's a king. But just remember, you're just a serf and a peasant. Hmm. Um, anyway, Shepard Smith has resigned from Fox. He, he resigned. I was kind of thinking he got fired, and then uh, Bill told me that he actually resigned from the post. I guess he got tired of being on the wrong side of everything over there. But I don't think that's a loss for Fox. I'm just saying. Might be a good thing. All right, uh, coming up, the most amazing audio segment at a Speaker Cox's debate that will show you things. It will lay out some real differences in these two parties. You've got to hear this. It's unbelievable. And it'd be fun to talk about. And the Atlanta Braves said no more to Kamahawk chops when the Cardinals pitchers come in, but they lost the whole series anyway, which is kind of ironic. We'll have fun with that. All that dead ahead and your phone calls, 454-1366-454-1366. We are the Lee Brothers, 92.7 FM and 820 WNTW. T-Rex can run 35 miles an hour. Just thought I'd say that. There's not much time left today. I don't know. I'm just going to make it up as I go along. Why Why they do that? Some are horrible people, horrible human beings. Who cares? No, 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 Tomahawk chop for a cardinal pitcher. And they lose the series anyway, so <laughs> what a bunch of snowflakes. So wait a second here. Hang on. Our Attorney General of Virginia is fighting for the federal government's EPA. Hey, Mark Harry, you work for us. Dope. And the audio segment that explains the difference in Democrats and Republicans, and it happened at the Speaker Delegate Kirk Cox's debate this week. That is next. Virginia citizens and American patriots, the only two-headed talk show, the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia, the Lee brothers. My name is Scott Lee. My uh, brother and my co-host and my friend would normally be sitting with me in the studio. He is in the hospital. Richard Lee is recovering from surgery on Wednesday that will that in fact is now confirmed eliminated cancer from his body. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so Richard is excited and he was supposed to get out this morning. And um and he's had enough if you've listened to Lee Brothers long enough you know that uh, Richard's uh, history with the hospital he should have known better to think that he'd be here today but uh, God bless him he did everything he could to be here and so your prayers worked. So far, Richard's in, in great spirits, only waiting to get out of there any moment and, uh, and then rejoin us here every Friday from 4 to 6 and become the only two-headed talk show once again. So, Richard, my brother, God bless you, bro. Uh, so excited for you and um, look forward to having you next week with me, as it should be. Maybe I'll go away and let you do the show. Well, it's going to be every other week now. You know, Richard, then Scott, and Richard. We still call it the Lee Brothers. All right, phone lines are open, 454-1366, 454-1366. Check us out at WNTWTheAnswer.com, WNTWTheAnswer.com. If you click on the Lee Brothers, it takes you to our page. There's a great video there talking about regulation and really the difference between the philosophies, what government should be doing 
and what freedom-loving people should want. And that even showed up in the debate this week. Delegate Kirk Cox is uh, in a new design district that he's been in a long time. He's the speaker. This is District 66 that encompasses Colonial Heights, large part of Cheshire County. And he is uh, going against uh, Sheila Bynum-Coleman, who has run for office before. She's the Democratic challenger. They had a debate this week. I'm such a geek, man. I, I love these things. I will sit there and listen to every word of the debate, you know, and then I'll, I'll, I'll critique it. And I'll find myself screaming at the screen or whatever it might be. And then a lot of times, <laughs> similar to that, yes. And then a lot of times I'll just say, that's a, I, people, you've got to hear this. I found it. I, there actually there's a lot. I'll play a lot for you. But this one clip from the debate is the difference between Republican Kurt Cox, who's our current speaker, and Democrat liberal challenger, Sheila Bynum-Coleman. I'm going to play this clip for you. This is about the $400 million tax fund that we have. It's $400 million in this, in this pot here. I want you to listen to the difference. And if I can get through it, I'm going to try to play the entire thing and then go back. Listen to how Sheila responds first. And then you'll hear common sense reality to this. This is uh, the question. I think I even have, I think we actually have the question. Here it is. What would you do with the remaining $400 million in the taxpayer relief fund? Now, before you answer, see, I couldn't do it. But before you answer, think about your reaction to that. If there's $400 million sitting somewhere in the government coffers, what do you think ought to happen to it? Now, see, a Democrat liberal is going to go, oh, goody, I can't wait to get my hands on $400 million. A Republican might say something radically different. You'll hear in a second. Here's Sheila's answer. Four hundred million. That's a lot of money. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Oh. Four hundred million. That's a lot of money. Four hundred million. That's a lot of money. Well, yes, it is, ma'am. Continue, please. Because teacher pay and educating and making sure the education system is a priority to me, as well as making sure that we have access to affordable health care, I think that I will first take a look of. At, what? Where we can spend those dollars when, as it relates to education. You're going to look to where we can spend we them? We can spend those dollars. Okay, you're going to look to where we got? Where we can spend those spend dollars okay. when, as it relates to education and where we could spend it where it comes to providing additional mental health services. Okay, that's gibberish, folks. Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker. Well, we called it the Taxpayer Relief Fund because that's where I think it should be, the Taxpayer Relief Fund. And let me remind you sort of how that worked. Uh, Republicans worked very hard to give that tax relief, and it came basically this year in the form of about $420 million. So there's a rebate portion that people are getting a rebate back between September 15th and October 15th. That's 220 for a couple, and that's 110 for an individual. We also raised the standard deduction because the way the federal tax cut worked, it really penalized Virginians. And here's the problem. If you do not basically give that additional $400 million back of that taxpayer relief fund, I would say you're actually raising taxes. So I only have one answer for that. I think it's very crucial that money be given back to the taxpayer. What? One of the great things, once again, that I think we do in Virginia is, remember, with that $1 billion tax cut, because we've been very prudent and smart, with our models, we still were able to give that teacher pay raise and still were able to freeze tuition. So I'm 100% for giving that taxpayer money back.
God bless America. There's somebody with a brain in, uh, in the General Assembly. Did you see the difference? I played this on purpose. Here's a man who looks at your money and says, here's an idea. It's your money. It's yours. He's 100% for what? Giving it back to you. And there's a liberal Democrat, Sheila Bynum Coleman, who said, who first of all, acted like she's never even heard of it. Wow. There's $400 million somewhere. That's a lot of money. Um, Let's see. How can I spend it? That's the first gut reaction from the American left. I can't wait to get my hands on it. This is always the view. Tim Kaine thought the same thing when he tried to close loopholes in the tax. He said it's not right that people can are we're giving away in the tax code some billion dollars that I can we are spend. We're giving away in the tax code about 1.3 trillion dollars a year. See? I mean even Tim Kaine thinks it. I don't want to give you a keep you you get the money that's insane. You surfing peasant, don't you know who's in charge here? Sheila Bynum Coleman thinks she can spend that money better than you. Kurt Cox says, it's not even our money. It's your money. You want the difference between the two parties? On November 5th, you have, there's something radical is going to happen in this state. On November 5th, the Democrats are in the lead right now. They're pulling ahead of every Republican. They could lose the House and lose the Senate. The Republicans could lose the House and lose the Senate. Democrats on November 5th could flip this whole thing. And you think, what do you think is going to happen? I just played for you what's going to happen. If if Sheila Bynum Coleman and her party gets in charge, you think $400 million is coming back to you? These people can't wait to spend it. There hasn't been a better clip in the history of clips to prove to you the difference between these two parties and what could happen in the Commonwealth. You think November 5th matters? Many people don't even know what November 5th is. Many people don't even know who your House of Delegates member is, let alone your state senator. But you better figure it out. Because Sheila just told you exactly what's going to happen on November 5th. If Sheila beats Kurt Cox, if Studevent, in uh, I think it's District 10 of the Senate seat, loses to Hysham, whatever this woman's name is, you've got a completely different Congress or uh, General Assembly. Completely different. You think $400 million that Sheila says, oh, that's a lot of money. Oh, my gosh. I didn't realize that. I mean, what kind of reaction is that? $400 million, that's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. She laughs about it like, wow, it's like ching ching. And for a left, that's the biggest thing ever. I've got $400 million I can do whatever I want with. Let me think. What's the, what are the big things that I could? Oh, health care is a good one. Teachers. Everyone loves teachers. Education. I win. There couldn't be a better example. Ladies and gentlemen, November 5th is a big deal. This is a huge election. You need to make sure the Democrats do get nowhere near the gavel. It would be a, it'd be criminal to remove the gavel from the speaker's hand, Kirk Cox, who you just heard say, it's not our money. It's the taxpayer. Think about that. All right, you want more? Gladly. Wait to hear some of these other clips from Sheila. Quite unbelievable uh, and we'll have some fun, too. And your phone calls, 454-1366, 454-1366. The Lee Brothers, 92.7 FM and 820 WNTW. A rare display of common sense. Lee and Lee, the trial lawyers of political talk radio. The Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW. <laughs> So you just heard the Democrat running against Delegate Kirk Cox. 
just the delegate or the the, uh, the Democrat just told you she couldn't wait to get her hands on four hundred million dollars. Just spend it. Spend it. She actually used that terminology. Spend. Of course, Speaker Cox quickly said, wait a second. You don't even know why it's there. You just heard of it for the first time. You're like a fish out of water. And now all you want to do is spend it when the reality is it's not your money. It's the taxpayer money. There is blatant, obvious line in the sand differences between the two parties. And Sheila Bynum Coleman just gave us the best example of why it could be very scary on November 5th here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. We could lose we could lose Virginia. I mean, it's already voting blue presidential and congressionally, but we could lose the House and the Senate here in Richmond. It's a big deal. All right, then we had some more fun with this. Um, Bynum Coleman uh, was asked about health care costs. How can we bring down health care? The question is, how do we bring down health care costs? Now, we've already shown you this, this woman's ability to articulate things. Uh, this will be no different, but I wanted to play it for you. I think first, the state has to make sure that our lawmakers are not taking money from the insurance companies and the pharmaceutical companies. In order for us to bring down the cost of prescription drugs and health care, we've got to make sure that our lawmakers are not taking getting funding from the same people that we regulate. I have a son with pre-existing illness. He has a heart disease, and I understand the impact of what a good health insurance plan will will how worthy hmm. it is. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. one, we have to make sure that our lawmakers are not beholden to the insurance company and the ph- pharmaceutical companies. How do you do that? And second, we have to make sure that every person in Virginia has their access to affordable health care. <laughs> well, that's, that's not the question. How do you get affordable health care? Have access to it. Just have access to it. All right, continue. Not a privilege. It is a right. Here we go. And the state can do a better job to make sure that we are bringing down those costs. The state can do a better job. Trust me. The state can do this. When I get there, I'll be clean and the government can fix this. No, this is not the role of the state. So if you want to lower costs, you have to get the market back into it. Of course, we haven't heard from Delegate Kirk Cox yet. So hang on. Continue, please, Sheila. We're making sure that everyone have it. And to also make sure that Medicaid expansion is included in the budget again, because it has to. Yeah. Hmm. We have to keep it. It's not something that we can option with. We have to make sure that Medicaid expansion. Will you please repeat that? I was a little confused. We have to keep it. It's not something that mm. we can option with. We have option to make with. sure that Medicaid oh. expansion is something that we keep. So yeah. that's my answer. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and Sting. Mm. Mm. I'm encouraged. Democratic Party at its best there. You want to hear some? Want to hear? Want to hear something really fun? Listen to the breath of fresh air here. Delegate Kirk Cox finally steps up to the microphone. He's asked, "How do you lower health care costs, Delegate?" And here's what he said. Now, this is the contrast: Republican Democrat. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. It's something I think we all hear a great deal about as far as health care goes. I think the key is to get flexibility and options to people. Uh, if you look hmm. right now, their premiums are very high, and we've done that as Republicans. So let me give you a few examples of that. First of all, a really innovative program called Right to Shop. And what that actually does is, is, is something Delaware has been very successful with. That is, if you sort of shop for your health care, which we don't do, and you actually come up with savings, you keep part of that savings from the insurance company. Wow. That's a legitimate real answer. That's a legitimate real answer. He's, it's tangible. You can see it. You can feel it. You can actually keep more of your money. Why doesn't it make sense to shop like he's saying? Do you see the difference? I cannot believe that here in the Commonwealth that, and I don't mean to be rude to Sheila Bynum Coleman, but this woman is so unprepared for this role. 
She doesn't know about the $400 million. She doesn't know what she's talking about on anything except government's the answer and that her heart is really big. She cares. She's a caring person. I don't doubt that. I'm sure she cares. She cares more than anyone. Unfortunately, her heart is bigger than her brain. That's not an insult. It just happens to be that way. And then you've got Delegate Cox, whose heart is the same size of his brain. And then you can see the evidence of this and how it works itself out. So very innovative. Another one that I really like is something called balance billing or surprise billing. A lot of people go to the hospital and find that they've been serviced by an outer network provider and they get this tremendously high bill. Listen to and of course, they can't pay it. And one of the things we did this year was pass the bill to make sure that person knows exactly what they're facing. So I think that's an important health care issue. Small businesses, a lot of them would like to band together trade groups, obviously, to buy insurance. I was with the Farm Bureau the other night, and that's one of their items. So I think that will help things make more affordable. And finally, for healthy Virginians, options like catastrophic plans. And for people that are in between jobs, making sure that they can get that type of coverage. So we've got to be a little bit more creative in, I think, what we've done in health care. Wow. If there's never been a bigger contrast, this is, this is so obvious. If you're in this district for Delegate Kirk Cox or Bynum Coleman, you need to, you need to make sure you're out there fighting this battle. This is scary stuff if this woman is anywhere close to, to getting this, uh, this uh, winning this election on November 5th. Unfortunately, the district is very Democratic. It leans away from Speaker Cox. So he's he's knocking on, what do you say, 50 doors a day or some cr- a crazy number just to get out there and introduce himself to this new district that he's got. It, what is good for Virginia is Speaker Cox. What is a disaster for the Commonwealth is Sheila Bynum-Coleman. This woman is a dis- She doesn't know what she doesn't know, unfortunately. And I, I feel bad for her, but she's not qualified for the job. Now, if you're a leftist leaning that way, you've got to look at Speaker Cox and go, you know what? This guy's a rational human being. He's got it figured out. You want more irrationality? Here's Bynum Coleman on the climate. This is fun, by the way. We'll have some fun with this one. We have so many chemicals that are in our water, and we have to make sure that we, as a state, are doing things. We're taking measures beyond what the federal government is doing to make sure that we have clean water and clean air. And, And? And by the way, who's she arguing with? Is there anyone out there that wants dirty water and dirty air? Who are you? Stand up. You think Kurt Cox is sitting over there going, crap, until she showed up, I want a dirty air. He's in the same place you are. He drinks the exact same water that you do, Sheila. The exact same one. You're arguing with, get this, nobody. Because everyone wants clean air and clean water. You don't have some special platform here, Sheila. You don't. Because everyone wants clean, clean air and clean water. Show, show me one person that said, that's it. I got my own water source. I got my own air source. I'm good. I don't care what happens to everyone else. they crazy. Anyway, she paused for a second. Let's see where she picks up. Yeah. When, we, when we're talking about climate change and how we can slow it down, I think that we also have to look at how we are recycling and how we're treating our, and how we're treating our planet. It's a real thing. And it's, something it's a real that thing. We have to, it's not a fake thing. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. Yes, it is. It's a, wait, is she a 10th grade? I feel like I'm listening to a teenager here. This is unbelievable. How we're treating our planet. It's a real thing. And it's something that we have to make. By the way, we're not a planet. This is the Commonwealth of Virginia. You can't fix the planet, Sheila. I know your heart's big and you care about, but you, whatever you do, 
in the General Assembly in the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia will do, get this, nothing for the planet. If everybody's raising <laughs> living standards to the point where everybody's got a car and everybody's got air conditioning and everybody's got a big house, uh, well, the planet will boil over. <laughs> That's perfect. All right, Mark Sheila and your phone calls, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 92.7 FM and 820 WNTW. The science of climate change is leaping out at us like a scene from a 3D movie. Simple facts, persuasive arguments, and common sense like Thomas Paine. The Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW. The country wasn't built by Wall Street bankers, CEOs, and hedge hedge fund managers. (laughs) I love this party. And then I fear them. I'm quite scared, actually. Can you hold on one second? I'm uncomfortable. I'm <laughs> very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable with this party. I'm a little scared, uh, to be honest with you. I must admit, November 5th scares me. Um, I don't think we're engaged. And I think the left is. The left is all fired up about Trump and hating Trump. They're going to come running out on November 5th, and they're going to think every vote is against Trump, and they're going to vote Democrat. And meanwhile, the conservatives, the Republicans, those who love freedom and liberty, are probably going to say, ah, it's just a House of Delegates member, or it's just a state. Guys, we got to we got to make sure that we're out there on November 5th. This is a um, crisis of biblical proportions, if I'm not overstating it. Anyway, here is, uh, here's more about Bynum Coleman on the climate. sure that we are taking a very good look at, and I, I think the the water issue is one of the most important sure things to me. We love water. Is to make sure that we are mm-hmm. s- stopping the chemicals that are going into our water. This woman's brilliant. <laughs> Sorry, just something seriously wrong here. Is this really a, a legitimate candidate for the House of Delegates going up? A, I'm telling you, when I saw this debate and I saw the Speaker of the House. Kurt Cox on one side and her on the other. If you if you could fog a mirror and breathe air and you're in that room, you got to think, oh, my gosh, there's somebody who has a real grasp of the issues. And then there's Sheila. I, I don't think it's right for me to call her Sheila. I'll call her Bynum. Well, actually, it's Bynum dash Coleman. Bynum, Bynum Coleman. I'll call her Mrs. Bynum Coleman. It's crazy. All right. Uh, coming up, a uh, cardinal rookie was upset about the Atlantis tomahawk chop. It's just this offensive. Now, if you're offended by 40,000 people waving their hands in the air like a tomahawk, you have a personal issue. This is not a national issue. It's not a Cardinals issue. It's your issue, Ryan Hensley. Except the Atlanta Braves made it theirs. You ought to hear their reaction. That is next. Check us out at WNTWTheAnswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. Takes you directly to our page. Your phone calls are next. 454-1366. The Lee Brothers. 92.7 FM and 820 WNTW. Well, holy smoke. You have to be so negative about it. of talk show hosts that think they know everything call scott and richard lee the lee brothers on 820 wntw that sounds so good 
after 534. Outside the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia. The Lee Brothers, my name is Scott Lee, my co-host, my friend, and my brother, who sits to my left, is Richard Lee. He's not sitting to my left today. He is recovering from surgery on Wednesday of this week, where he announced just yesterday he is cancer-free. Richard Lee has had surgery to remove cancer. The doctor just took some samples of some lymph nodes, and uh, we're told he's cancer-free. He's recovering. Should be going home uh, any minute. So uh, thank you for your prayers for the Lee household and Richard specifically. He'll be here back here next week, I assure you. All right, 454-1366. Phone lines are open if Mark will take the calls. He might not. He may just ignore you. 454-1366. All right, before we get into this Cardinals Atlanta thing and what a huge fan I am of baseball and American pie and motherhood, those two, those three things are amazing. In fact, I don't know what order. I think it's, I think it's apple pie, then baseball, then motherhood. Actually, what good is all that without motherhood? Go with motherhood first that makes the apple pie, then watch baseball. There you go. All right, so before we get into that, our attorney general is a bonehead. And I use that term lightly and, and compassionately, by the way. He's a super nice guy, I'm sure. The attorney general, Mark Herring, is defending the Environmental Protection Agency. Okay, so let me just <laughs> let me lay this out for you. The attorney general of Virginia represents the Commonwealth of Virginia. In fact, the founding fathers set up the Congress as representing the people and the U.S. Senate to represent the states. So originally, as a senator was selected by the General Assemblies of the state to represent the interests of the state at the federal level. Now, that's since been thrown out. Now we have a regular election for our Congress and our Senate. I think the founders had it right, actually, initially. I wish we could go back to that model. But there's nobody who really represents the states anymore. There's no one in Washington, D.C. defending the states. Think about that. And now we have an attorney general who was supposed to defend the laws of the Commonwealth of Virginia actually suing to make sure the federal government is more powerful. The attorney general, Mark Herring, is stepping to defend the Environmental Protection Agency's authority to protect the clean air and clean and, and gas, greenhouse gases. Does that make any sense to anyone? Why doesn't the attorney general, if he cares so much about the planet, why doesn't he just make sure that he's lobbying to make sure that Virginia is doing all it can? But no, he's actually lobbying for the federal government to become more powerful to enforce restrictions upon the states. Does this guy know who he works for? Here's what he said. The Trump administration has made it blatantly obvious that they are not concerned about doing anything to fight climate change in this country. By the way, that's not true. What Trump has done is relieve the regulations that the EPA is imposing, which allows you, Mark Herring, and your state to do what you want, which is called federalism. It was the very foundation of our country. Ask Madison. Anyway, um, it goes on to say, in fact, they're doing the exact opposite by working in favor of fossil fuel companies, said Mark Herring. In Virginia, here, here's where he gets ridiculous. In Virginia, and especially in Hampton Roads, folks are already seeing the devastation and irresistible effects that sea level rise can have. May I pause for a second? You can, you absolute bonehead. You can't do anything to stop the seas from rising. You're not. America's not. It's a good try, though. Anyway, so Herring goes on to say, my colleagues and I do not trust that current EPA. 
we adequately and strongly defend their authority to protect clean air. He's adamantly supporting the the power of a federal agency over the states. This guy has lost his mind. He needs to go. And if you haven't noticed, there is a reason why we have states. Why even have Mark Herring? Why even have a governor of Virginia? We got a president of the United States. Apparently, they can do everything for us. They can determine how much water we flush in our toilets, how much lights, what lights we use in our house. They can determine what goes on in your school in Chesterfield and Midlothian, Henrico and Hanover. Why do you need a school board? We got a federal government. Why do we need an attorney general of Virginia when he's in favor of federal government? There's an attorney general of the United States. We don't need Mark Herring. We don't need Justin Fairfax. We don't need Ralph Northam. We have the federal government. Do you see how insane this is? This whole thing is turned upside down. And Mark Herring is actually defending the federal government. And no one seems to care. It's just, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, this kind of simple civic information is so important that, that we're missing it. And if you think that in a far off land surrounded by a beltway run by kings and queens have any interest in your little peasant life, you're wrong. To think that you have hope that someone's going to go to D.C. and worry about your job in Midlothian or worry about your job in Chesterfield is a lie. A government constrained in a far-off land has more power to disrupt your life for bad, not good. Jefferson said the government that can give you everything has the power to take it away. Be very careful what you wish for. Be very careful to put health care in the hands of a government that can once again decide who gets it, at what cost, and who can take it away. Yet you're completely comfortable and listen to in a political party to say, no, no, give us power. In fact, not only give us power here, but give us power in the federal government so removed from you. In fact, let me just give you an example. When's the last time you had a conversation with your congressman? Never. Do you know who lives next door to you? It's your House of Delegates member. Literally probably lives next door to you and you don't even know it. Mind, I know exactly where my House of Delegates member lives. I know exactly where my state senator lives. Thomas Jefferson also said this, the best government is the one that's closest to you. Dissolve it to the states. Dissolve. Yet here's the attorney general of our commonwealth doing the exact opposite. But see, this is leftism, big government. This is how they think. They think, oh, the government ought to be huge and big and impose their will on you. Oh, no, we care more than you do. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of you. It's just, it's just ridiculous. No one sees it. Anyway. On a better topic, the Cardinal rookie Ryan Helsley is a member of the Cherokee Nation. And he says Atlanta's tomahawk chop devalues us. So there's 50,000 people who were doing the tomahawk chop who was thinking about you specifically, Ryan, and how to devalue you. It's, it's just the poor guy. The tomahawk chop. Atlanta has this thing they do with their hand. They actually raise their hand up and they chop it. I'm showing people on Facebook what it looks like. Um, and they actually have these little sponge hatchets that they can pick up. And, all, and imagine the view when you have 50,000 people all doing this and they have a special theme music they play when they do it. It's actually very cool. It's, it's really neat. Um, so in game one in Atlanta, uh, he, he witnessed this Ryan Helsley pitcher for the Cardinals witnessed this firsthand chop firsthand because they were doing it during the eighth inning. And he was asked about it after the game. And Helsley's called it disappointing and disrespectful. Now, see, here's the difference between a leftist snowflake and me. I would have said, I thought it was great. It's hilarious. It's fun. 
But a leftist snowflake gets his panties in a wad. Yes, I said that on purpose. Gets his panties in a wad and gets offended. You poor little offended snowflake. So he said, quote, I think it's a misrepresentation of the Cherokee people or the Native Americans in general. It's none of that. It's a hat. It's a, it's a simple talk. It's an encouraging the Atlanta Braves. That's all it is. You want to make it something that is much more. It's not. It's just a tomahawk chop, you poor little snowflake. He goes, it just depicts, it depicts them in a kind of caveman type people who are intellectual. There are a lot more of that. I'm not being offended by the whole mascot thing. It's, I'm not. It's by the misconception of us, the Native Americans. It devalues us and we're perceived in a way or used mascots like the Redskins and stuff like that. It's just disappointing and disrespectful, he says. Now, if you were part of the Atlanta Braves organization, what would you do? Well, you would have laughed at it and said, well, whatever. You probably would have handed out twice as many tomahawk chop stuff tomahawks and you probably would have played this song over and over again just to get at him right well that's what you would have done the Atlanta Braves thought differently Atlanta Braves issued a statement (laughs) quote out of respect for the concerns expressed by Mr. Helsley we will take several efforts to reduce the tomahawk chop during our in ballpark presentations today can you believe you believe this? You believe the reaction? We'll, re- we'll do what we can to stop 50,000 people from doing the chama. <laughs> All right, so he goes on. Among other things, these steps include not distributing the foam tomahawks to each seat. They're still carrying. And not playing the accompanying music or using the chop-related graphics when Mr. Helsley is in the game. As stated earlier, we will continue to evaluate how we activate elements of our brand as well as an overall in-game experience. We look forward to a continued dialogue with those in the Native American community after the postseason concludes. Do I have to tell you that their postseason concluded with the Cardinals beating them? They lost? So much for the Tomahawk chop. You know, if you didn't care so much about the stupidness of trying not to defend someone and put more effort in, I don't know, winning the game, (laughs) it might have made a difference. Oh, my gosh. You people are out of control. This is what the left has given us. You don't find conservatives thinking this way. You know what they should name this? They should go for a new name for the Cardinals. St. Louis Snowflakes. I don't know what's worse. The fact that this snowflake pitcher complained about it or the fact that Atlanta Braves actually listened and did something. <laughs> it's just craziness. All right, your phone call's next, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 92.7 FM and 820 WNTW. In the mold of Madison, Jefferson, and Henry, real Virginians, the Lee Brothers, on 820 WNTW. The story was an American and a Russian arguing about their two countries, and the American said, look... In my country, I can walk into the Oval Office, I can pound the president's desk and say, Mr. President, I don't like the way you're running our country. And the Russian said, I can do that. The American said, you can? He says, yes. I can go into the Kremlin, to the general secretary's office, pound his desk and say, Mr. General Secretary, I don't like the way President Reagan's running his country. There's a dreamy world up there. Dear friends, in We're the college higher like places, that. She missed Reagan. Carry me away from here. Reagan had this idea, this crazy, crazy idea the left hates, and it's it's called federalism. 
you know, that the, the federal government should be limited. The states and the people have the power. You know, I guess we talked a lot about that on this show this this uh, this week about how there is a, a group of people who see no limitations to what they can do to you and for you. <laughs> the Democratic Party, there's nothing in their way. We hear from the national level that there's no such thing as a constitution that limits the federal government, only allows them to do anything they want. Then we heard from the from a locally here how a House of Delegates member, Sheila Bynum Coleman, who thinks that if I could just get more money, I can do all these things. And that $400 million, that's your money? Ah, forget that. I can spend that. Oh, I feel important now. Yeah, that's the view of the American left. You know, just give them power and you'll, you'll feel better. You'll be encouraged by it. Oh, but, and by the way, this whole Second Amendment thing, how whacked is that? You believe that? What were the founders thinking? <laughs> they were thinking that there will be a government someday that wants to take them away. That's what they were thinking. It's so funny how the Second Amendment has come to actually mean something in 2019 when a politician stands up and says, we're going to take your guns away. There is a Second Amendment to say, hey, that was written for you. Hey, Beto, that was written for you. I don't even know if you realize it, you're arrogant cuss. You didn't realize it. In fact, the whole gun thing is so bent out of shape that we have a 12-year-old girl was arrested for using her finger as a gun in Overland Park, Kansas. She was dragged out of the school in handcuffs and charged with a felony. Well, I mean, come on. How threatening is a finger? <laughs> it's funny, Mark. Inspector Gadget turned her hand into a gun. So here's the, here's, it's interesting. Even if this middle school student, 12-year-old girl, 12, said, this is a gun and I'm going to point it out. Even if she said that, it's not a gun. It's a, how can that possibly be a felony? I, I, don't make stuff up and don't pretend. <laughs> exactly. Johnson County District Court documents say on September 18th, the girl unlawfully communicated a threat to commit violence with the intent to place another in fear or with the intent to cause the evacuation, lockdown, or disruption of regular ongoing activities. With her finger? From a 12-year-old? We might have lost our mind just a hair here. This is where you, you begin to say, okay, what point are we going to gain our society back? At what point are we going to say, you know what, uh, we're kind of concerned here. The school resource officer recommended that she be arrested. So she was detained by police, later released to her, their mother, to her mother. And the uh, girl's grandfather in California, by the way, um, is where the girl is now living, said, quote, I think this is something that probably could have been handled in the principal's office and got completely out of hand. You think? It got out of hand because there's a group of malcontent leftists who freak out over the, I guess, the sight of what could be a gun and the shape of a gun from a hand. Common sense people don't act this way. We've lost common sense. Well, I guess in today's culture, we can't even figure out which bathroom to go into. Why, why are we shocked when we find out that the finger is, is uh, the biggest threat as a real gun? Richard and I are huge fans of food. You might hear us talk about this on the program from time to time, because uh, if you've noticed, we, we eat every chance we get. And we're a fan of Chick-fil-A, and now we're a fan of In-N-Out Burgers, which, by the way, there's not an In-N-Out Burger here on the East Coast that I found. They're on the West Coast, which is a strange place for... In-N-Out Burger to be. Why do you say? 
Well, I don't know if you've ever eaten at an In-N-Out burger. If you if you have, you'll never forget it. They, they make actually really good burgers. And when I go to California or Los Angeles, I always go to In-N-Out Burger because they make great burgers. They're very fast and they're very well done. And I've always noticed at the bottom of their cups and their cartons, there's a message. And it's not really detectable unless you look for it. For example, here's one at the bottom of a cup. For a righteous man falls seven times and rises again, but a wicked stumble in the time of calamity. Of, 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 uh, calamity. Proverbs 24, 16. <gasps> you know another one? Here's the bottom of their root beer. For God so loved the world, he gave us his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish. <gasps> Even a water cup has a reminder. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me at In-N-Out Burger. How dare they? Don't they know that proselytizing is the worst thing to do in today's culture? The founder is 35-year-old woman who's a billionaire. This is her family who founded it, obviously. She said that her purpose in her organization is to unify the body of Christ into soldiers and unite various ministries. Well, the reason I'm telling you this is because I want the left to know this. Please avoid in and out Burger at all costs. That just means more for us. 454-1366, Lee Brothers, 92.7 FM and 820 WNTW. Tired of talk shows where hosts think they know everything? Call the Lee Brothers. The Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW. And that's a wrap. Unfortunately, Richard's not here to tell us what kind of wrap it is. He is checking out of the hospital right now, and I'm sure he'll have a phenomenal meal in the form of a wrap. So God, God bless uh, Richard, and uh, he'll be back here next week. On the phones with us right now is Chief Joe. Hey, Joe, welcome to the Lee Brothers. Hey, I just, I'm just uh, now flying in from uh, Sand Dog at San Diego, for those who are not Navy. Uh, and I was ate an In-N-Out Burger not too far from where I was staying there well, on a job that I was doing there. But uh, it's funny because I didn't actually notice that, and I'll have to look the next time I'm there. But above all things... Until God is sovereign in this nation again, until we return, as um, articulated in Second Chronicles seven fourteen, we're going to fail. That's all there is to it. I, I'm not saying everybody has to be Christian. No, of course or, not. You know, of course not. But, I completely understand what you mean, and thank you very much. That what a perfect way to end this uh, show. It's absolutely perfect. So thank you, Chief. You're exactly right. There is there's a reason why. Our founders looked to Judeo-Christian principles because they work. Because civilization is much better when people are raising kids to be moral, productive, and God-fearing. That is the hope for our country. It's not found in big government, which is another reason why the founders said this is the principle. Con- con- the, the Constitution limits the federal government, and that is a very, very good thing. All right, check us out at WNTW. The answer. WNTWTheAnswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. Takes you directly to our page. There you'll find a link to us. And uh, there's a great video there about regulations. Please go see this. Please find it. Share it. Because everyone needs to see what regulations do to small businesses that inhibit employment. Of course, the left wants more. The video will explain what we mean. All at WNTWTheAnswer.com, WNTWTheAnswer.com. Hey, tomorrow, 8 to 10, and Sunday, 8 to 10, replay of the Lee Brothers. We're here every Friday from 4 to 6. Have a great weekend.
92.7 FM and 820 WNTW. We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Oh, shut up. That's not very friendly. Everybody thinks I'm mad. My friends, we did it. We weren't just marking time. We made a difference. We made the city stronger. We made the city freer. And we left her in good hands. All in all, not bad. Not bad at all. And so, bye, God bless you.